Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Father. We adore you. Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're gathered. I'm overwhelmed in this moment, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can call on your name this morning. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our praises, for hearing our songs. Lord, for allowing us to draw near to you. Father, thank you. And now, Lord, as we continue in this service, let it continue to be all about you. Tarry with us, Father. Teach us, guide us, lead us. There are many in this room, Lord, who truly believe those words, that you are a good, good Father. And Lord, we know that we're loved by you. So Lord, thank you. We praise you. And we, Father, just are so thankful that now you'll touch our hearts with your word. You'll give us fresh manna from heaven. And we will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah. I'm just overwhelmed right in the moment. Let's let's enjoy this moment. Can, can we please? Can we just enjoy this moment? Visitors, I apologize. And I just want to. I just. Hallelujah. Not because we're emotional, Lord God. Not because we're emotional. Because by your Spirit, you're here with us. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you would bind up the brokenhearted right now. Lord, I pray that all confusion would be solved and satisfied this morning. Lord, that you would bring clear minds. Lord, that you would that you would go ahead and set the record straight for some who need the sec- the record set set straight this morning. Lord, there are many there are many things that are being said, there are many things that are being said as truth which could not be further from the truth. Father, I pray whether we in this room or those watching over the internet, Father, that you would go ahead and reveal your truth to all of us, no matter how long we've been in the Word, no matter how much we think we know, and no matter how spiritual we liken ourselves to be. Lord, in your name, in the name of Jesus, our our soon-coming King, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless us with your presence this morning. Lord, that you would that you would break the strongholds that have been set up by the enemy and that we've come to accept as being normal. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bind up the strong man in his house. Lord, that we would be loosened from all of these things of the past, all of these things that we have said that are are settled in our minds and in our hearts. Lord, give us new minds. Let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds this morning. Father, I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I I don't know why. uh, We'll just be obedient to the Spirit. Amen.
So <clears throat> we're going to begin, and, and I'm going to try not to let uh, the emotions, my emotions get the best of me. I've, I've uh, shared with you a little while ago, maybe a few weeks ago, that uh, <laughs> as silly as this sounds, I mean, I forgot what jacket I wore one week, so I turned on uh, and just had to see, and I just made the mistake of watching longer than I really, I hate listening to myself and I hate watching myself, but I did, and I said, oh my gosh, listen, I'm gonna, I've, even, I've even structured my notes differently this morning, so I'm going to try to keep this thing unemotional. So just deacon, pray for me. Elders, pray for me. I want to keep this thing, not, I, it's not about emotion. It's not about me. It's about His Word. Amen? And Holy Spirit, you know, it's about what He does in us, on us, and through us. Amen? So I'm going to try my best not to get emotional. With that being said, you know that I have shared with you that uh, the Psalm, Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 3, have been just, just been pounding on me. And Wednesday we uh, shared a little bit more out of that. We may touch on that a little bit this morning, but I'm going to start where we were last week. R- briefly, I'm going to read something to you just to bring uh, to your remembrance. But in Psalm 2, um, remember we uh, were there last week in verses 1 through 12, but I'm just going to read to you um, verses 10 through 12. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun. S-O-N, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those, not just the kings and judges, blessed are all those who put their trust in him. And remember the question, what are we embracing? Well, kiss the son, you're accepting him, you're loving on him, your affection is toward him, amen? So kiss the, what are, you, what are your affections toward? What are you embracing, amen? But blessed are those who put their trust, kiss the son, you can put your trust in him, embrace him, amen? But now, again, because there's some of it, and I thank God that we have visitors here so I could go back and do some of this stuff and you don't have to let the eyes roll back in your head. Uh, There's a reason. In Psalm 1, 1 through 3, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor... See, you guys should be able to know this by heart right now. I want to pause here for a minute. See, this scripture is so important to you and I, all of it, every bit of it, but there should be some scripture, and I believe that there's a reason why God has us continually hovering around some of the same scriptures. And I believe it's because many of us are in similar seasons in our lives, and these scriptures are those things which would help our minds to be transformed. Right? Not to be conformed to our traditions, not to be conformed to the past, not to be molded and, uh, and, and made in the image of the world, but no, these Scriptures are very valuable to us. So I, I hope that you're actually committing some of these to memory. In, in fact, um, I hope that you're committing your own uh, Scripture verses where God is teaching you and, and ministering to you in your private personal time, that you're committing to some of these Scriptures, you're committing them to memory. Amen? So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He who, the one who is doing all of these things, shall be be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. I I don't want to preach a prosperity message to the extent that we have seen it or heard it preached over the last 40 or 50 years, and you've heard some criticisms as it relates to this pulpit and maybe others, but the truth of the matter is God really does want you to prosper. He does want you to prosper. 
Okay, so let's let's look at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know, so familiar to all of us. I want to. This church, this was one of the this was one of the founding scriptures. This was was like a mandate for for this church, this body of believers. The first small group that came together, started as a prayer group, came together because we wanted folks in the community to know, especially the young people, that God has a plan for your life. You do not have to follow what's been mapped out by tradition, what the community says. You you don't have to do that. You don't have to follow any other thing except what God, because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. So again, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But you notice in the middle of that, plans to prosper you. So I can say in all honesty and sincerity of heart and without, you know, going there, there being that new prosperity message, God does, it is his will for you to prosper. And just remember this in, in uh, 3 John, in that third letter. John says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in what? All things. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So look, first things first. He's saying there's this expectation of the soul prospering. Right? First things first. I wish above all things that you prosper in all things and and be in good health right now i'm going to say this and it's going to be okay you know what good is having a ton of money if you don't have health so 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 didn't they know that then too what good is having all the riches but you don't have health right so health is also part of god's prosperity toward you and i isn't that a fair thing to say based on scripture I wish that you would prosper in all things. I pray, I pray, I pray that you would prosper in all things. Now, if that wasn't the will of God, John the Apostle, the one who Jesus loved, one of the top three, right? If he's praying that and it's not the will of God, then he's praying outside the will of God. And oh, by the way, it ended up in our Holy Scriptures. So that's a point that God wants you and I to know. My brothers and my sisters, I want you to know that as long as I've been preaching and teaching truth, and as many times as I've told you that the prosperity message, that as it's being been, been preached for a, a mighty long time, is not of God, I do want you to know that God does will for you and I to prosper. First and foremost, as our soul prospers. Can you, can you understand that? Okay, that's, that's easy stuff, right? Let me just add to that. Psalm 35, in the last part of verse 27, it says, Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So our prosperity gives God pleasure. Wait a minute, y'all being pretty quiet. I want you to look that up, write it down, look that up at home. In context, David is, is, is really happy, and he's, he's talking about all of those who backed him up. All of those who stood by him and sto- vocally that, you know, David wasn't this... Or, or, but, but now look at what he's saying. This is in, in context. This is saying that God has pleasure in, in, he, in the prosperity of his servants. So, so look, so let it be established. And there's point one, and I don't want to get too emotional in. Point one, it is God's will for us to prosper. Okay, so I don't want anybody mistaken about anything that I may have said in the past or might have, what, what I may say in the future. But the, here's the here's the, the difficulty: <clears throat> who 
Who defines the prosperity? That's the difficulty. Okay? So, you know, if, if we uh, go by our definition, nah. If we go by what that message is been, that's been preached by their definition, nah. If you go by their definition, all the apostles must have been sinner dogs because they all died very, very badly, poorly, if you would remember. They died martyrs. And none of them were very rich. Boy, you're just very quiet in here. But, but do you hear what I'm saying? So you can't do that. So, so now let's go. In Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Okay, so here's uh, very quickly, very succinctly, God's, pur- God's purpose. The right, I'm at the right monitor. I, I've been coached. I'm at the right... God's purpose. Okay, we're created for God's purpose. Amen? That's very... He, he, and, and see, now, I have no problem with that. If, and especially for those of you who are born again, you know that, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. Amen. In Romans it says that we, are, we should be a living sacrifice. We should present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. Why? He created us for His purpose. Amen? Okay, so that helps me just a little bit. Are you with me? I hope it's helping you too. Romans 8.28, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. All things work good in our life, prosper us, go according to what's in our best interest, right? We're called according to His purpose as we're working His purpose, amen? John 14, 12 through 14. Here's what it says. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, now this is Jesus speaking, for some of you who may have not been in John 14 in a long time, this is red letters. He was absolutely he was so excited about it. He was so enthusiastic about it. It's written in red. I'm telling you most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, now this... In and of it, to me, when I read this scripture, there are many, my, my brothers and sisters, I can, and you can, we can go back and forth with so many other scriptures that would speak to us as it relates to what defines prosperity. We, we could, how God defines it, okay? There are so many things and so many examples we could use out of the scripture, amen? But now, just keeping it here and keeping it for us, this is an enormous thing for me. Why? Because now once I realize I've been born again, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a disciple of Christ, right? I start to understand that He did those works. Now I see and I get to wrap my eyes and it helps me to wrap my mind around what God has called me to be, right? When I hear, the, remember, the Logos became Rhema. The Logos first lived and that's how I understand it as Rhema in so many cases. Are you with me? And what I mean by that is, it's one thing to read it, but when I live and am able to picture the life that God lived, in, that God in the flesh lived, 
Now I, I, could get, I can understand that. My little pea brain Italian thinking can go ahead and wrap my mind about, around what I'm supposed to do, what my life should look like. Are you with me? Oh, you look like... Yes. Yes, and I've said to you so many times, and I know some of you, the eyes are going to roll back in your head. I don't care. Just do it quietly. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Jesus was a, a, a young man, God in a body, but lived as a young man and 33 and a half years old, approximately when he was murdered. And to me, that's young. Thank you. Okay, how can I relate to that? Jesus wasn't married, he didn't have children. He never had to raise teenagers, he had grandchildren. Doesn't matter. In his word, the Logos, right? The Logos tells me how I am to be a husband, a father. Are you with me? And that Logos became Raymond to me because I saw Jesus' personality. I saw his character. I saw what he was, how he did it. Are you with me? And then when he left, he gave me his spirit so that I could truly understand and, and this Logos could become Rhema to me, both from the sake of watching him perform it, but also from the sake of understanding it by faith and grace in Jesus Christ by His Spirit. Amen? Okay, so I won't stay there very long. So again, what also it really is encouraging to me now, I'm called to do the works that He did and greater. But watch, all of the works that I do speak to His works. Right? And they glorify the Father. And when I'm doing that, when I'm walking according to that purpose that He has given me, that purpose and that thing that He planned before the foundations of the earth, now all of a sudden I find myself in an awesome position where when I pray and ask things in His name, He does it. That's, that's, I, I say I almost let it get away there. That's exciting to me. So when I'm praying something over and over and it's not happening, okay, I, first, I have to look at myself. Am I asking amiss as it relates to what James tells us or the, the Word of God through, through James tells us? Am I asking amiss? Am I asking for the wrong thing? Am I asking it for the wrong reasons? I may be asking for the right thing, but I may be asking, I didn't plan on going here, so somebody might be needing to hear this. Am I not only, and maybe I'm asking for the right thing, but I'm asking for the wrong reason. Right? right. And so I'm not receiving because I'm asking amiss. I've missed. Right? And see, God loves me. That's a fact. God loves you. That's a fact. And you're trying your best living the Word. Is there a chance that God is saying no? Not only because you're asking for the wrong thing, but if He goes ahead and He indulges you, it can cause you more harm than good. As parents, how many, how many parents in here? Have you, have, did you give your kids everything they ever asked for all the time? No. No. I gave my kids way too much. Uh, see the eyes peeking up over the screen over there? And Rachel's probably in the back room listening to me now, rolling her eyes. I can hear them now. No, but, but you understand what I'm trying to say, not so eloquently possibly. But, but you understand. 
you know, this is an enormous thing. This is an awesome thing that we have here. When I'm, I'm, it's His purpose. It's His plan. His will for my life. If I'm working those works, I'm going to have results because He's bringing the results to glorify Himself so that the invisible God can be seen in this world. So that His kingdom can... See, it's, not, it's His will that none should perish. And he's, he's allowing you and I to carry His message, right? Glorifying Him and bringing others into the kingdom. And so now when I'm doing that, and so I'm asking, and I'm praying, He does it. That's an awesome thing. So it's about, my brothers and sisters, it's about fulfilling His purpose. It's all about fulfilling God's purpose. We fulfill God's purpose, and we're going to prosper in that. Period. I know that doesn't... Uh, I know that doesn't get a lot, a lot of people excited, and I know that that's not maybe what people go to fill churches for. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know why I do it. Maybe just to torture myself to see if I'm just, I don't know. I flip by those channels, those Christian channels, and you see the celebrity preacher. Just the other day, is, so who's tagged as the, one of the best preachers of all time, is preaching something, and preaching and taking Scripture or a story out of the Bible and actually twisting it a little bit, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And, and, and everybody's getting excited, they're getting fired up, and it's more about, you know, yeah, if you're down and out, if you're, you know, it, it's, this person had the same problem, and that person had the same problem because of what they did. But that doesn't mean in any way that uh, no matter what we did or if we're suffering circumstances and situations, that our God, our, our God is not able, not, not just able, but willing to go ahead and exercise mercy and grace toward us and take us out of that situation because we just love Him. We just, we give it up to Him. Are, are you there? So I'm not in any way trying to say to you to me that this guy, well, he took that way out of, he twisted it and made it sound this way and that way, but forgot to tell them that part of it. And, and that's just, you know, and it's because of that part that this person deserved that and they need to linger in that, they need to stay in that. No! But we have to understand when, just like last week, when we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that aren't blessed and prosperous, it's nine times out of ten because we made a bad decision. We made a bad decision. And that's God punishing us. No! God is not punishing us. God is saying go here, but we go there. The blessing's here. The curse is there. We chose the curse. Wow, I know this is the kind of... Hey, the brother is going to fill this sanctuary in there. <laughs> But, but, but do you understand? It's not that hard and it's very, really very plain. So, so we have this, we want to be blessed. We want to prosper. We want to be happy. We want to, ha- we want to experience good things in this life. Isn't that right? Yes. But true, true prosperity, what is true prosperity? Fulfilling His work, His will, right? But we, we, know, we need to know that. But really it's about being close to Him. See, I want to. I want to do his. I mean, I've used this example a bunch of times, and I'm just going to have to do it again. When my father and mother were raising me, they raised me with certain rules and 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 things that you know that were for my good. So when I didn't understand, when I was immature, I'm thinking, you know, this is confining. This is cramping my style. You know, I, but I. But 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 listen. 
Then when I got, and, they, and then listen, when I broke a rule or when I did something wrong, I had to suffer the consequences. It was either, you know, getting sent to the room or that one, I got thrown a slipper or a shoe. She was good with the shoes. Uh, if you were Miss Catherine's, if you grew up around Miss Catherine, it was the slipper comes off, right? Amen? The slipper comes off. But so now look, we don't, we don't, I don't, I didn't like that, obviously. And so now the next time that happens, I'm going to do one or two things make sure I don't get caught. Or I'm just not going to do it for fear of the punishment. Right? When you're young and immature you, and you don't know any better and you can't comprehend, you, this is for your good. This is my, my son. I'm going to squeal on him. My son was just, he just had a strong will. It was tough raising a, a strong willed person. Rachel, a lot more compliant. But so now him, he's always, you tell him not to do something, that's more he wants to do it. I remember, was it him? Michelle's not here. She can't help me out. One of them, you know these electric stoves, you have the door open, she's pulling something out. They see that red thing glowing, they want to touch it. Don't touch that. They reached for it. One of them touched it. Now watch. When I smacked them on the hand when they were reaching for it, right? That, oh, that was mean. That was nasty. Well, now DCF will come and take the kids away from me or something like that, right? But evidently, that one didn't learn enough. They touched it. I should have smacked them harder. <laughs> No, but do you understand? See, they, they, they just see something that's red and glowing and looks nice. Mm, touch it, curious. Boom. You know what happens. But here's the difference. I'm going to speak for me. When I got older, and you heard that saying, the older I got, the smarter my parents got. Right? Now all of a sudden, I, I'm mature and I understand the cause. Why they did have those things in effect. Are you with me? So now it, not, now it becomes, I want to do things right, and I want to please them. I don't just want to obey them to avoid the punishment. Now I have a relationship, and now I understand my mother and father did these things because they care for me, because they love me. Come on, just like your good, good father. And I forgot we were singing that song, by the way. Just like your good, good father who loves you and cares for you. And is, is saying, okay, follow this course for your life. I have a purpose and a plan for your life. When you follow this course for your life, it'll go well. You will prosper. You will be blessed. Okay, so now watch. That wouldn't have happened in my house. Let's just speak from a human standpoint. I'm growing up with them. And now I have this relationship with them. I'm experiencing the rebukes. I'm experiencing the correction. But I'm also experiencing the hugs. I'm also experiencing the the joy. I'm also experiencing the good times. Let's go here. Let's go do... There's a relationship that's involved here. Boy, are are you really hearing that? There's this relationship that's involved here. So now all of a sudden, I understand that there's a purpose and a plan... Because it's coming from this relationship. And then, I, and then what I'm finding out more, especially now that as I, as I get older, and, and many of you can speak to this as well, and I'm hoping that you, that you young people, all the, of you young people, please, and young people watching me, please don't wait till you get old like Pastor Tony to appreciate some of these simpler things that God has really intended for us to enjoy. And what do I mean by that? God is love. And you've heard me say this, and I can't explain this any other way. God is love. Love is relational. He created us in His image. 
God could have made us be his robots, but he doesn't want us to be his robots. He wants us to be in relationship with him and love him and love him because he loved us. So now I'm in this loving relationship. Young people, your parents love you. Young people, your pastor loves you. Old people, your, your pastor loves you. So you say the truth, you do these things, but it's relational. We're in relationship. And so then what you find out is, what I started to say was, now I find out that the relationship is what's of the highest value. I, I, I love the fact that after we leave here today, my kids and my grandkids will be having a meal with me. My mother, our family is going to come together and have a meal. And we're going to sit around that table. And I'm going to, come on, and I'm going to enjoy the cutting up. I, I love the fact that one of my granddaughters will be waiting for me when I leave this church today. Maybe, and, and then they're going to want, some, one of them is going to want to drive home with me. I love that. Why? Because that's love. It's relational. It's relationship. There is prosperity. There is blessing. Again, don't wait till you get old like Tony to really understand. I could have given my kids... If I were more wealthy as it relates to terms in this world, and I could have given my kids more things, would that have made them love me more? No. No especially when they're out on their own now, having to make their own and give their kids things. That would have had no bearing on that. I would hope that my children and yours would understand and have this based on the fact that they knew the things that I did, I did out of love for them. Now it's relational. It becomes relational. And now we enjoy being around each other not because of things, but because... It's relational. Are you with me? Did, did, did I? Okay. So let me go forward with that. <clears throat> Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4 says this. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You hear that? Okay, big deal, Tony. Okay, hang on. I knew you weren't going to like that one, so we're going to go forward just a little bit. Colossians 2, 1 through 3. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. This is Paul speaking. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. And in him, in who? Christ. In Christ lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay, so now let's go back to verse 24. I'm sorry, Proverbs 24. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. How do I, under, how do I gain wisdom and knowledge? Through Christ. So it's in my relationship with Christ that I begin to understand what, these, what, what is precious and what the pleasant riches are. And I experience that. So now, all of a sudden, my brothers and sisters, yeah, I need money, i got to buy food, i got to buy things, you know. I gotta, but, but, but really, the money and the food, that's not what brings me joy. That's not what I'm deeming as pleasant. That's not riches. 
they buy me things and they pay the rent, as it were, but that's not what is I find pleasant anymore, and that's not what can bring me riches. Money cannot buy me, listen, happiness. Money cannot provide me with true riches. What does? Wisdom and knowledge. Where do I get that? In a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, to me, my brothers and sisters, I don't think I took the Scripture sideways. I think that Scripture is very, very plain to us. Very plain. So it's in my relationship with Jesus Christ that I really start to to experience these pleasant things and these true riches. The true blessing and prosperity that God has ordained for me and for you. Amen? Okay. So, by the way, I told you, I think I'm being pretty good today. Not as emotional. Just... (laughs) following my little outline here, because that's point three. See, I even did that. I hate that. <laughs> point, mm, 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 I hate that. But, whew, trying to bring this thing in, just bring it in. Amen? All right. Not about me, it's about the Word. So point four here, the prosperity of the world is distracting and pulls us away from God. See, we have this idea, and then when it's... And that's why... That's my problem, if you must know, my brothers and sisters. I know some of you think, I wonder what his real problem is. I got several of them, but one of them is this. The prosperity gospel doesn't make, make people closer to God. It pulls them away from God. Because they're looking for theirs. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to write this check because I'm expecting something in return. Not, I'm going to write this check because God has given me. And, and I love God. And I know that this blessing is from God. So I'm going to do what God says. And listen, bring Him His first. And I also know enough of the Word that says that God, like He told Abraham, you're blessed to be a blessing. Right? Okay. So it doesn't matter how much or how little. It doesn't matter whatever I have. I'm blessed with it, and I'm blessed to be a blessing to somebody else. Amen? Okay, so that's why I, I, I have a, a, a problem with that. Are, are you with me? This distracting thing, it's not... It has, so now let's go back. I want to go to Revelation 3, and I'm going to remind you. Don't, you don't need to turn it. Just listen to me. You can go there later. Okay, remember, it's already been mentioned in the Colossians letter about the church of Laodicea. Now, he wasn't criticizing the church of Laodicea at that point. He's just saying to them, you know, he wants to get with them. Right? In person. He knows that, you know, there's a church there and he wants to get with them in person. He's probably communicated, you know, through letters and and through messengers, but now he wants to go ahead and, and, you know, he's talking about maybe getting with them one day. But now look at what Jesus says to uh, the church at Laodicea. I'm just going to read to you verse 17. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. And he's saying, because, he's saying, because I've spewed you out of my mouth. Why am I spewing you out of my mouth? You're not hot or cold, you're lukewarm. Why are you lukewarm? Here's why. Because, right? Because you say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I'm in need of nothing. Come on. Right? Okay, so, so, so now listen. Wouldn't that describe what prosperity is in the current age that we live in or over the last how many years? Yes. And, and what's coming out of the church, right? 
or had been coming out or certain churches. So I'm not, listen to me, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade here. I'm just saying we need to know the truth. And the truth is this. When you start, start preaching or teaching from the pulpit, it's all about the blessing. Then my brothers and sisters, and then people leave here wanting theirs. Wanting their what? Rich, wealthy, things of this world, material possessions, money. And they're looking, they're equating that with the blessing of God. No, I'm blessed when I'm getting to the presence of God. I'm blessed when I could pray to Jesus or pray through Jesus Christ and get to the throne room and I know that what He says, whatever I ask, I'll get. Hallelujah. That's the blessing. And when I ask, I'm not going to say, hey, let me hit the lottery. Because <laughs> that proves that I don't really know Him. Right? That proves that I'm not really having fellowship with Him. Come on. It proves that my relationship is off a little bit. Are you there? Okay, I just want to make sure that we're all, you know, kind of singing from the same hymnal, so to speak. <laughs> a little church pun there. Hey, I, when, I'm going to tell you this, honestly. When I was considering this message before I came, when I saw the house, the Lord, I, I, I thought it was the Holy Spirit nudging me. So I went ahead and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, if that's the case, then you'll bring it to me. So when we're singing the last song here, Holy Spirit popped me again, so I'm going to share it with you. And I really do believe that this is Holy Spirit. There was another church that uh, Jesus addressed in the Revelation. And I want to say this, and I'm just going to read it, so please bear with me as I read, and don't fall asleep. Just listen, it's very important. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless. Now, I'm going to tell you, my brothers and sisters, I I don't take this lightly. I really believe that the Lord has laid this on my heart for someone here, someone there, for me. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Okay, so now as I've considered, as the Lord, I really do feel like the Holy Spirit brought to me. He's okay, what are, you, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? See, remember where we've been in the last few weeks. You know, remember the rich young ruler checking the box. See, I think that in some cases, for some of us, some of us in this church, you know, we'll come, and we'll come when the church doors are open, and we go home, we do our thing. And even at home, we have this routine that we now follow. And it stopped being about our love and our relationship with Jesus, and it's more like what we are used to, what we've become accustomed to. We've become comfortable with something. All right? Okay. Uh, see, my, uh, it's like I told you, my job isn't to make you comfortable. My job is to, to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So I'm hoping that I'm afflicting some comfortable right now. I'm telling you that if you're, if you, you, this, this church to Ephesus is a message to somebody this morning and it's somebody who's listening now or who will listen to this recorded message because God has laid this on my heart. It was not planned. It just came to me this morning and He confirmed it while we were singing during the song service. So I'm saying to you, my brother, my sister, and I'm saying to you, my brother, my sister, you're part of His church. 
but what he's saying is, listen, you need to return to your first love. Yeah, you're able to recognize, and you're able to discern, and you can look at things, and you, so, and you know the Word, and, and, and you're still giving, and you're still doing all of these things, but you've become so comfortable. It's somewhat complacency has set in now, because you think, okay, you're at this level, and you're spiritual now, and you got all, and you're not what you used to be, and blah, blah, blah. All of the above! But you've become complacent. You've become comfortable. Come on. So here's, the, here's, here's our opportunity. God, because He loves you and you're in relationship with Him, He's saying to you, remember your first love. What does that mean? Remember, this is about your relationship with Jesus. It's not about, I'm fulfilling the purpose in my planet. Let me ask you something. How do you know that you are absolutely, positively fulfilling the purpose and plan that God has for your life unless you remain in constant fellowship with Him? I think that's what this message is saying. You can't go ahead and get into this routine. You can't go ahead and serve God how you've been serving Him for the last blankety-blank years and then say, okay, this is it. Boom. And then forget that you keep going to the feet of Jesus. You keep go- you got to be like Mary and you got to be hanging on every word that's coming out of His mouth. Are you with me? And don't be all busy like Martha. See, hallelujah, this is Holy Ghost, my brothers and my sisters. Don't be all busy like Martha. You're doing a thing. You're, you're, you're cooking for Jesus. And you're cooking for His... You, you're going to do this thing because it's the right thing to do for the Master. I'm going to serve Him. I'm make sure He's got... Everything's just right. The house is clean. Everything's in its place. The food is just absolutely gourmet style. And Jesus is going to love it. No, 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 no. Don't forget. The good thing, the blessing, remember what He said to Martha. She, Mary, is doing this good thing. I'm not going to take this good thing from her. I'm not going to deny her this good thing. What good thing? Hanging out with me. Having fellowship with me. Hanging on every word. Are you there? Man, I want to tell you that blesses me. I hope that it does bless you. So now, I'm going to jump back to a scripture that we've been in and out of and uh, on Wednesday we were there. 1 Timothy 4, 7-9. through 9. But reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Godliness is profitable for all things and having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. My brothers and sisters, you see what he's saying here? Man, there, there, you need to keep moving. You, there's, there's this discipline in following Jesus that you need to keep doing. Don't, don't stop. Don't get lazy. Don't get complacent. You need to continue to follow Jesus. You need to continue to grow. Now let me add to that in Hebrews, on the same line. In Hebrews chapter 5, here's what it says. For though by this time you ought to, have been, you ought to be a teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. See, my brothers and sisters, as I mentioned to you earlier with that kind of illustration using me as an example of when I was a kid. You know, my mother and father wouldn't expect me to do the same things when I was 14 as when I was 3. Right? They've already started raising me up, giving me guidance and teaching me how to go a certain way. Right? So now it's on to, to different things. And that's what this is saying. This is using that as, as kind of an example, something that we all can understand. You know what? You're, you're not a babe anymore. Those things you shouldn't... So, but now he's saying you need to go back 
Go to your first love. Verse 14, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who by reason of use, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Man, we have got to stop being complacent. We have to stop and get to that. If we've gotten to where we're comfortable at all, I'm telling you, the COVID thing made a lot of people stay home right now. There are a lot more people that are watching because now they've become accustomed to sitting down, putting something on the screen and watching it there. Get up off the couch, go to church, and listen, have fellowship with other brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hug on each other. Love each other. That's relational. That's relationship. Come on, that's relationship. That's, that's knowing your brother. You know what? And God is going to... La- See, I, I, have, you called, have, have you ever called somebody or talked to somebody? And uh, how are you doing? Is everything okay? You ever, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's good. And you could hear something, but, but there's something different about face-to-face. How are you doing? I'm fine. And you know they're not fine. And now all of a sudden, Holy Spirit... I'm not saying Holy Spirit can't pop you over the phone. He can't pop you over the internet. But I'm telling you, my brother and sister, Holy Spirit can pop you one right in the presence of that person. And you can know what the need is or at least love on that person. Just at least give those people a good word of encouragement that's coming from your heart. That person just might need a good hug. They just might need somebody to say, You matter. You are valuable. I don't care what's going wrong in your life. I don't care what you did. Come on. Relational. Okay? All right, remember. All right, all right. See, we have example of this. This is this what this is what popped me. One of the many things. But now remember in um uh, and I'll, I'll I'll end up reading a scripture to you out of 2 Samuel chapter 11. But I want you. I want to talk to you about it this way. This is King David. Now, remember, King David was in Ziklag last week. We talked about King David as an example. He was in Ziklag, right? He put on the ephod. He got a hold of God. He was out of God's will. He was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Out of God's will, right? A lot, trying to align himself and fight against the Israelites uh, with the Philistines. And then God, God wouldn't let him. The Philistine princess said, no, no, no. We ain't going to have him there. He's going to start chopping our heads off in the heat of the battle to serve Saul, his, his king. So, nope, David couldn't. When he goes back to Ziklag, you know what happened. So David gets a hold of God. So now things are going well for David now. As we go to, to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11, David's been king for a little while, and things are going well. In fact, in the chapter prior to that, the, uh, the Ammonites, he had war with Ammonites. The Ammonites were you know, messing around with him. And then he, the Ammonites tried to get the uh, Arameans or, or, to help and so uh, they line up against them and, you know, they see the army of Israel and they flee. So then the Arameans say, okay, we need more people. Let's get more peeps. We get more peeps, more soldiers, and we'll be ready for them this time. We go, and same thing happens. They go out to war with Israel. Israel goes out there, starts beating up on them, and they turn and run. And that was the last they ever had problems with any of those uh, Ar- Armenians. In fact, uh, uh, they actually aligned with them, at least, you know, were, had a good peace treaty, treaty with them for a while, okay? So you follow that. So that's in verse 10. So now you come to verse 11, and here's what it says in, in uh, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab his ser- and his servants with him. And all Israel, <coughs> and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. 
let me, let me remind you something. It was at the times when kings go to battle. Who was the king? Where was he supposed to go? Who anointed him king? God. Right? Didn't God say he's my king? So God anointed David king. David had purpose and plan for his life. Isn't that right? Come on, help me out here. We'll just stay longer. (laughs) David had purpose and plan for his life. And so now we saw in Ziklag, last week we talked about that, it was, he was not operating according to God's purpose and plan for him, and it was going bad. Lost everything, right? Then he got a hold of God. Shall I pursue? Yes, you'll recover all. Okay, now I'm back with you, God. Boom. Okay, so now in this situation, David is with God. I mean, he, David is in the kingdom, and he's, he's restored worship to the kingdom, and he, you know, things are going good. He's given him uh, victories over his enemies. He's, he's rich. He's, he's, just, he's enjoying the blessing of God. People are with him, right? Okay, so now watch. So now, David, eh, you know what? Those guys can go. I'm going to hang out. And we know what happens. You know, David gets up from his middle of the day nap. He goes out on his roof. And what does he see? Bathsheba bathing. And it, it wrecked him. We know what happened after that. It wrecked him. Well, why? He got lazy. He got complacent. He didn't operate according to what God told him to do. Right? David, you are my warrior king. David, you are... Come on. David, you're the king after my own heart. This is what... You're going to lead my people. You're going to... Right? Okay, so, so David was doing that, but now in this circumstance, now he's getting a little bit fat and happy just a term. Now he's getting a little bit fat and happy, so he's a little bit lazy, a little bit complacent, things are going good. Okay, good. I'm a long way from sick lag now. You're a long way from maybe where you were. But you're that close to going the other way because of all the distractions. Because of all of these lures of the world. The enemy of your soul operates the same way. Just remember this. The enemy can bless you too. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because the Bible says so. Here's what, remember when Jesus was being tempted of the devil, one of the things the devil said, he let him view all the kingdoms of the world. He says, it's been given to me. It's in my power to do this. I can do this. Jesus, watch. Jesus said, no, it's not. No, he didn't. No, it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you worship. Well, it must have been in His power to do it. It wasn't His power to do it. The devil can bless you. The devil can distract you. Young people, hear my voice. Please, hear me. I'm telling you, stop with the Facebook. Stop with the Instagram. Stop with the TikTok, whatever the heck it's called. Stop with all of that stuff. Because that is a distraction. That's a distraction. Stop. Please, get away from the... Now, see, I, I address that to the young people, but the older people are just as bad now. we got to stop. Those are distractions. Those things are meant to pull us away. Away from what? Away from God. Away from the blessing. Away from the prosperity. Away from the purpose and, and the plan that He has for us. Amen? 
Does, does, am I the only one that sees that? My brothers and my sisters, this is, this is stuff. And, it, and, and maybe for some of us like me, I'm not into all that. So that stuff isn't the, what the, where the devil tries to get me. What about the job? I got to make that almighty dollar. I got to climb the ladder of success. No, see, it says very clearly in the scripture that God gives, listen, God gives the promotion. God gives the promotion. Well, there's a lot of people that get promoted and they're not godly. But God also tells us about that as well. Go ahead and let them do what they're doing because in the end, it's all going to you anyway. Just go ahead and let them, but they're going to have to pay for that anyway. See, don't, see don't, let's not get caught up in all of that. See, my relationship with my parents had nothing to do with my sister. And see, some of us think that if we look better than the next guy, we're okay. No. No. So watch. It doesn't matter. What matters is our relationship with God. What matters is, listen, what matters is, are we, being, are we, are we in the place that we know what His purpose and plan is for us? And we're, we're, we're aligning ourselves up with that. We're living according to the purpose and plan that He has for us. And in that, we're, we're prosperous. Amen. Right? Man, don't get so excited, you Methodists. I'm telling you something. <laughs> okay, so look, I'm going to close. Bottom line, bottom line. I've got to go back to one of the scriptures that we started with. And it was the epistle, the third epistle of John. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in truth. Okay, I want to pause here. I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. So now watch. He, he, he's not there. He didn't see it. But he's saying, I rejoiced because now there are people that are testifying of you walking in the truth, that you're walking according to Christ. How, how, do, I, how do you know that the truth is in them? Because that's just it. They're walking it out. It's being played out in their lives. They're walking according to the truth that's in them. That's how they know that there's truth in them. Right? That wasn't hard, right? Very easy. Even, a, even somebody like me can understand that. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, I, the reason why I put that up there, listen, look, watch. There's joy in relationship. There's, there's prosperity. There's, there's blessing in this relationship. There's, there's, this is speaking to relationships here, isn't it? This is speaking to a relationship with God that's being wrought out in their lives and now other people that are seeing it are going back and are saying things to, to the church members that John is, man, th- these people, man, they got it. Man, they're walking according to the, to the Lord. They're, they understand the truth and, it's being, and they're blessing their children and they're blessing the church and they're, whatever it is that they're doing is being played out in their life. They're not just talking the talk. They're walking the walk. And now here's what John says. There's no greater joy. Is that a blessing? Yeah, come on. Wake up. Is that a blessing? Is John saying, hey, and you brought back an offering. There's no greater joy than that. That's not what he said. You brought back the tithes. Yep, there's no... You paid the preacher who started the church. That's not what he's saying. He's saying there's no greater joy to hear that my children walk in truth because they're, he's seeing that the church, the people that he evangelized, they're walking in truth. He's experiencing joy. You want to be blessed? You want to prosper? Man, go after Jesus. 
Follow Jesus with everything you've got. Find out what He's called you to do. I'm guaranteeing you He's called you to do something. And even if it is not anything except just be a friend to your neighbors. Find out what your neighbors need and give it to them. Even if it's just that person that's in the store. Wherever you go, you've got a smile on your face and you're not, oh, woe is me. No matter what's happening, you could, be, you could be in the worst situation in the world, but no one would know it because you've got the smile on your face and then all of a sudden you're bringing joy to the people around you. I don't know why. I just like when that guy's around. He's just always smiling. Or, it's always, or versus, oh boy, let's get away from that one as quick as we can. There's going to be a sad story there. Am I lying? Okay. But now watch. I do have to listen to sad stories. Right? And sometimes we do. That, that, that's what we might be called to do. And so it, again, it goes back to what I've said earlier. Come together. Let's eliminate or minimize the distractions. Can we do that? Let's minimize the distractions and go after Jesus. Pray. Fast. Read and discover what He has for you. Get close to Him. Amen. Stand with me, please.